Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the Super Mario Brothers movie has grossed enough to earn 10 million one-ups. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Super Mario Brothers movie grossing over a billion dollars. And then on Thursday, we are ranking the armor sets, or dare I say, the looks in Breath of the Wild. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Ooh, I love that spin. On what we're going to be talking about in Breath of the Wild. Because here's the thing. We're going to be talking about, yeah, truly they are armor sets, and that's uh-huh. how the game builds them. But, and I know you and I will bring some of the like functionality, I think we are going to heavily rely on what they look like and what Link looks like in them. I mean, that definitely sounds like us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's it going? It's going great. Um, I think on... Thursday last week, we were talking about cats, mm-hmm. and I was talking about how um, my husband and I have been, you know, in the past like six, nine months, just sending a lot of cat videos back and forth. Yes. I have to say, um, uh, my husband's taste, I think he. He needs something stronger, is what I'm saying. You know, like, he's seen all the cute, fluffy cats. Oh, I see, I see, I see. You know, he's seen all the adorable cats with short little legs. Right. And lots of fur. Right. And he's moving on to the more hardcore stuff. He's moving on to, and I'm not ready for this yet. Right. The Sphinx cats. The cats with no fur. And he keeps telling me. He keeps sending me these. No, they're weird little gremlins. He keeps sending me these pictures. And he's like, (laughs) this one's so cute. Like, you know. and Hmm. But it just looks like. Like a really wrinkly sausage. I, I mean, once you start doing that, Mark, you know you can't go back, right? I, this is this is my fear. <laughs> yeah. You know, I when uh, you know, I we've both been walking hand in hand into this world of cats, right? right. And so all this time, I thought in my heart and in my <laughs> mind that when we adopted a cat, which feels like an inevitability, yes, it would be it would have fur, right? And right. yet, I would say a reasonable assumption. And yet, right. Becoming less and less and likely as the days go by. Becoming less and less of a certainty. Although, it's possible. Mm. It, at, at the moment, it doesn't feel this way. But it is possible that I also will learn it's to It's inevitable. <laughs> you're, go, you're going down the same dark trail. But I'm, I just want... And I guess this would be good for you because you're yes, allergic. I'm allergic, yes. But I'm just... I would like you to picture for a moment. You come over to record... You know, sure. Okay. Right. I have not. I have not warned you. Right. I'm putting myself in this headspace. I have and not been warned. These little like flesh monsters just like skitter monsters. Across. You're gonna get several. <laughs> well, from what I've been reading, it seems oh, like no. this is like cats in general. You know, like sometimes it's good to. Have, it seems counterintuitive. This is like how they say you can't have one chinchilla <laughs> or one guinea pig because they get lonely. <laughs> well, yeah. They can entertain each other. Yeah. When I guess that is nice, but like. You work from home. Like, you could entertain <laughs> the cat or the chinchilla or yeah. the guinea pig all day. I'm just, uh, it's a worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, uh, sorry, I got to put myself in the scenario. I come over, I've not been warned. No. There are multiple fleshy monsters stalking about your house. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, I guess I'm probably fine with it. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I will be able to function as a normal uh, person when when we record. Yes, you wouldn't you wouldn't have any allergic reaction. Right, right, yeah. right. A major concern. Maybe that's what's led Clement down this road, anyways. <laughs> I mean, I hope he's not making pet decisions based on <laughs> just me. Like, <laughs> I'm here every week, but I'm here for like two hours every week, and that's that 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 shouldn't change your whole lives. Um, Mark, I saw the Return of the Jedi in the theaters uh, this weekend. How was that? Uh, it was great. It, I realized that that was the only Star Wars movie I had yet to see in the theater. Um, that I had seen. The uh, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back when they were re-released in like the mid '90s, um, and everything else I saw, you know, like opening night. Um, so uh, yeah, that was like the last one that I hadn't seen, uh, and now I've seen them all. That sounds amazing. Um, I have uh, made my peace with the lack of yub nub at the end of these mm-hmm. special editions. Um, I mean, at this point, probably it's been yub nub less for longer than it's been than it was ever yub nub. Uh, I mean, I I guess what did that sequence change after? It must have changed after the prequels came out, though, right? Because there's Force Ghost Hayden Christensen. Well, that there have been multiple. There have been multiple re-releases alterations of that. Yeah. to Return of the Jedi. But are you saying Yub Nub has been gone since like 1997 since or something? The special edition, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, and I gotta say, I uh, I still have I have not made peace with the extra song in Jabba's Palace. Oh, uh-huh. it's an atrocity. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't want it. It has English lyrics if you want to learn them. I don't. We could <laughs> sing it on this show. No, no, no. We'll save it for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society if you would like to support us and I guess hear us sing the bad song from the Return of the Jedi. It's never going to happen. Uh, you can go there and you can support us at the 4-bit tier, the 8-bit tier, or the 16-bit tier. Uh, at 8 and 16, you get access to NCS Detective Club, which is a miniseries that we're doing on the great detective shows of television history. That's right. And you can also help us decide what the next miniseries we're going to do mm-hmm. on the show is. There will be a poll showing going up shortly. And this uh, week, that's we're putting right. up the, that we're, poll. We're putting up the poll yes. this week. So patrons will be able to help us decide uh, the next miniseries that we'll be doing, like what bonus episodes will be about. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we've got a new episode of uh, NCS Detective Club coming out this Friday. It is on Agatha Christie's Marple, uh, a very fun conversation uh, about two pretty good episodes of that show. Um, so check that out. Also, if you would like to get in our Discord where people are having conversations about Nintendo and these same detective shows uh, pretty much all the time, all you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com and we will send you an invitation and you can jump in and join in on the fun. Mark, I've got, uh, I've got some emails that I'd like to uh, address with you. Um, uh, from, from our listeners, uh, email from um, Stephen. Stephen writes, Howdy, Mark and Patrick. I was listening to the episode where you were discussing Rift of the Necrodancer and how it had lane combat more in common with most rhythm games. Uh, and then I had this brain blast. First, those developers made Crypt of the Necrodancer, followed by Cadence of Hyrule. What if Rift of the Necrodancer is followed by 
Rift of the Donkey Konga. Oh my gosh. Working title, of course. Um, why? We, That's perfect. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly right. Uh, y'all were talking about uh, why we haven't gotten another Cadence of Hyrule type indie game spinoff, uh, indie Nintendo spinoff. Uh, I wonder if you might do an episode where you pitch indie spinoffs a la Cadence of Hyrule with Nintendo IP and indie devs. We actually have done this. Uh, when Cadence of Hyrule came out, we did an episode, or when it was announced, uh, we did an episode where we were pitching um, indie devs uh, making Nintendo spinoffs. Um, Steve says, uh, love the show. Thanks for being awesome. That's a great idea. It would be a pointless exercise to do now because you have pitched the best idea, Steve. Yeah, Steven, that's so good. Man, I how amazing would it be if that like um, Rift of the Donkey Konga was timed to that much-rumored Nintendo Donkey Kong oh, platformer. yeah. You know, like how they're teeing everything up sure. for um, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, I mean, it's so good. There's and uh, you know how they can like support um, uh, uh, Metroid Prime uh, Remaster uh, coming out at the same time as Metroid Fusion on the GBA. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and they have so they have decades now more of yes. uh, pop songs that they can have cover bands. Sure. Do covers of. Sure. I mean, we we don't need to be relegated to just all the small things from Blink-182. Although that should be in there because that's a Donkey Kong classic at this point. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then we got another email from Noah. So uh, strap in here, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Noah writes, hey, everyone. <laughs> Why did you guys put the lightning in the A-tier ranking? He's talking, of course, about our Mario Kart item ranking. I'm currently listening to it and getting upset about your placement. The lightning is the bane of my existence. Let me preface. I play a lot of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with my siblings, and I am generally in the front of the pack. It stinks to get lightninged when you have a red shell, especially when you are in first place and or when you're in first place and have a super horn. This has happened to me plenty of times, as I usually hold on to my horn until a blue shell comes around. I have played over 3,000 hours on Mario Kart Wii, I which I it. grew up on, uh, which I grew up on. Lightning, especially the lightning cloud, stinks in that game. I I have been in the middle of a shortcut. I've often been in the middle of a shortcut and gotten lightning, and then I'm just screwed. Uh, I'm small, and I don't have the mushroom boost that I was using. Besides lightning, I think you did a great job with your ranking, so I just wanted to give you a hard time with it. I uh, appreciate your podcast. I've listened to it for two years now. Uh, thank you very much, Noah. Um, why did we put the lightning in the A rank? Okay. I, I, I think Noah makes a ton of good points. Great points. But uh, my memory, and I think... How we can still, I mean, it is a definitive ranking, but uh, I, th we put ourselves on both sides of it, which right, is how right, I right. think we were able to put it into the A tier because it's uh, an equalizer. Mm -hmm. it, it's a difference maker, which not very many items in Mario Kart are. True. It can be anyways. And then also like, yes, on the side of, especially if you're in first place with a red shell, I mean, the dream. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, that's why the red shell like, is so high, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, you're in first place with the red shell, you get uh, lightning, that's bad. That feels bad. But on the other side of it, if you're the one who's engaging the lightning, that's an amazing feeling. So we're... Engage we, the Lightning is my favorite Led Zeppelin song, by the way. So we were... Uh, <laughs> it'd be great in Rift of the Donkey Konga. Um so we were really we we're trying to look at all the angles. Yes, and, you know. So yes, when you're in that leader position, it stinks. But otherwise, lightning can be a lot of fun. Um, I also uh, like being in third or fourth place, and someone else drops a lightning. 
because you are small yes. for less time. Like it feels like a very dynamic item in that like it changes everyone's psychology instantly. That everyone has to be like, okay, we all have new information. Let's all do that. So I do think it's a fun dynamic item. Um, Noah does write a little bit more that I was going to skip, but I, and I actually think it's funny. Um, one request I have, this is Noah. One request I have is, will you guys please do an, ep- an episode series where you rank every Pokemon? <laughs> I wrote in for Mario Kart for the Mario Kart uh, <laughs> ranking uh, last August, and would love to do so again. Um, okay, I mean, Mark. I first mean, of all, we do not know the Pokemon very well, <laughs> and there's over a thousand of them. <laughs> I love that idea. There were 48 <laughs> Mario Kart tracks. Yeah, I love, <laughs> love, love that idea. I don't know how we will do it yet, but this should... Uh, um, yeah, it's the wheels are turning in Mark's head. Yeah, I can tell yeah, you. I can see it. He wants to work it out. I feel like that's maybe just what the show is in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Noah. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I appreciate both of you writing in. Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Tetris 99 ticket update. It's a Tetris 99 ticket update. Is that what I did last week? I don't... You did something different last week. Yeah. Um, I mean, different from what you used to do. Uh-huh. I don't remember if it was that. Yeah, I don't remember either. I now have 760 tickets. Wow. Which is a 21 more yes. than last week. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Hitting that... 20 goal. That was the goal, right? 20, 20 per, every 20 week. 20 per week is the goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's uh, this this week we are uh, just slightly above goal. Um, so that's good. Putting on my coach hat for a second. Keep it up, champ. <laughs> thank Removing thank, my coach uh, hat. Thank it's you. a cute Goodbye. hat. It is a cute hat. I, I like it. Did you pay too much for it? <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, Mark, I'm also, I, I am almost done now with the Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster. Um, a game that I have absolutely loved playing. Uh, and since you and I talked and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm now just turning on the uh, the four times experience boost and uh, like will, you know, be like making my way through a dungeon, then turn off uh, random encounters because I'm like, that's enough. Right. Like I've, I've gained enough levels here. Um, I have now stopped turning off the random encounters because even at four times experience, I need to grind in Final Fantasy IV. Oh, really? I mean, it is such a, like, old-school RPG, and I think it, this is the original, like, Japanese balance for the game, which was notoriously tough, right? And that they um, scaled way down for the U.S. release. Uh, and I, I they made the right choice in scaling it down for the U.S. release because, like, it's, you know, some there's a while where I'm, like, cruising through, and I'm just, like, mowing guys down, Right. Four times experience of having a great time. Uh, but then I get into this like final cave on the moon uh, and it's just like so hard. <laughs> like My characters are level 70, right? That's so Super wild. high level. They've got a ton of magic spells that deal obscene amounts of damage. Um, and like everyone has awesome equipment and they're still like, I, I got to like really use all of their abilities and like items and the, it, just it goes on and on and on and it's just like how did i ever do this when i was like 12 um and so it's it's still a surprisingly tough final fantasy game even with 
the four times experience boost. It's I'm obviously going through it a lot faster um, because I've not had to just like uh, sit in a circle and grind. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so I'm about twelve ish hours in, and I do think I'm I'm coming up on on the end um, shortly here. But uh, I'm 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 loving it. Lo- love this game. Like uh, <laughs> like everything that you've described in previous weeks about the uh, Pixel Remasters sounds amazing. But then when you were like, I'm at 12 hours and I think I'm almost done with it, like, my ears perked up. I'm oh, yeah. Like, did that? Do I need to? Yeah. Maybe I should. Because that sounds great. I would love to be able to experience some of these old school, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy games that I've never played and not have to spend an eternity doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this I think this is the key. This is how you do it. You can turn on, like, fast walk speed. You can turn on, like, auto battle if you don't want to do it. Although, the auto battle seemingly just does whatever you told them to do last round again. Oh. Um, so, like, if you are healing someone, uh, then, like, you have to turn the uh, auto thing off when it gets to that the healer's turn. Otherwise, they'll just heal again. Got it. Yeah. Um. But it's uh, that speeds up the 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 battle as well. So like, there's a lot that you can do to make the whole game go faster. Um, and at least in Final Fantasy IV, it does not feel like it's taking anything away from the gameplay experience. I'm Got not. It. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Yeah, I mean that sounds amazing. I have been playing, continuing to play Super Mario Galaxy. Um, yes. I don't really have anything new to say about it. It's look. I'm about to say something negative about Super Mario Galaxy, and I said it last week. And I will leave. But I just need to reiterate (laughs) it. But before I reiterate the negative, I need to reiterate the positive and say Super Mario Galaxy is an amazing game. It holds up amazingly well. It's visually really beautiful, and the music is amazing. Like, I love Super Mario Galaxy. That being said, this camera is pretty bad. You gotta stop trying to control the camera, Mark. <laughs> this is the same exact problem and the same exact conversation. Yes. We had a lot when I was playing Super yes. Mario 64. <laughs> and uh, It seems like it's worn off, though. <laughs> yeah. The advice it, doesn't it work on you anymore. Because it feels so much like I should be able to control sure. the camera kind of to the same degree that you would in, like, Odyssey or something. But you absolutely cannot. And... You, I am totally fighting the camera sometimes, especially when I'm swimming underwater. Oh, yeah. And you're in some yeah. of these, like, sphere-shaped planets. And yeah. the camera is just... It feels like it's doing whatever it wants to do. I'm not being able to see what I want to see. Like, it definitely... Super Mario Galaxy definitely shows its age. It's also... Mm. I just want to add that um, it, like, going from playing Sunshine... Is the last like uh, game that I played in the All Stars collection before I put it down, and you know I hadn't revisited Sunshine for like fifteen years or something when that happened when I played it on the Switch, and uh, the I feel like at the time you know Sunshine has had a rough reputation and Galaxy was kind of like here Mario's back you know like Mario's amazing uh-huh they're not that different i can't go with you on this. <laughs> i mean i, yes, I, I like, hard disagree like, i mean they you have like, like they the are flood, different like they, they are hugely they, different they games. Are, it's not as big of i really truly do not think it's as big of a leap from sunshine to galaxy as in terms of like quality like as t- terms of like mechanics like Galaxy's a way better game. I'm not saying the Sunshine sure. is like no, or that they're even but, like uh, equal games. But let's let's uh, th- throwing quality aside. I don't think that they're that similar at all. Oh, I I actually like um I just I don't agree. I playing them now, it feel they don't feel that far removed. So 
Like, it feels like Galaxy really is, in a lot of ways, just taking another stab at what they did a lot of in Sunshine. See, where I disagree with you is that I think the, you know, obviously in any Mario game, you're like running, jumping, platforming, all that kind of stuff. But I think in Sunshine, that is a vehicle towards exploration. And in Galaxy, it is a vehicle towards like obstacle course clearance. Um, that even though Galaxy is a 3D game, it's not really about exploring that space. It's about getting from one area to the next, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not linear, but it's sort of linear. Um, whereas Sunshine is like, here, I'm dropping you into this open space. And Galaxy like dabbles in that from time to time. But I feel like, and just as uh, Sunshine also dabbles in, like here's the obstacle course part of it. But I feel like it just samples obstacle obstacle coursing, and Galaxy just samples exploration. Yeah, I don't. Can I ask when the last time you played Sunshine was? When the All Star Collection. Came yeah. Out. So, because I feel like, and I didn't finish it. Uh, yeah, I feel like again, I feel like they're because it's not as good of a game. <laughs> I feel like they're not as removed as mm. like. Uh, like, I think what you're saying is absolutely true in that, like, Galaxy is a, we'll say, course correction to, um, there is less of that, like, hey, you have Flood, so we're going to put you, right. you know, into this space where you just have to figure out how you're going to get from here to there, and we're, you know, and it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Like, Galaxy definitely course corrects away from that a lot, and it does become more, like, uh, level-based and obstacle course-based. but not, I think, to the degree that, in my opinion, to the degree that you're saying, like, I don't think that they're... Because the structure, like, the structure of a lot of the mm-hmm. Sunshine levels is really uh, exactly what you're describing for Galaxy. There are just, especially in the early parts of the game, um, l- like, examples of where they're not doing that. I'm not saying that sure, Sunshine sure, sure. and Galaxy are, like, on the same level I just don't think that at the time, even I thought Galaxy is like, wow, like what a radical departure from what they messed up with Sunshine. And now I don't feel that way. I actually feel like it, wow. it's like, like I Sunshine just feels unpolished. But if they had had more time to be able to, you know, like complete it, I just don't know that. Uh, that's how I'm feeling at the moment. <laughs> um, but. Galaxy has a, a Luma who offers you a one-up or extra life and says, Luma Lee, Luma Bop, welcome to my Luma shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it cannot be stated enough. Galaxy is a much better game. <laughs> or when you're feeding all the star bits to the Lumas, oh and then God. they like shake their little star maracas and explode into a galaxy. They get so full. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, I'm still playing Pikmin Bloom, of course. It is how I go for walks. It is how I send postcards of, you know, my local uh, deli to uh, our listeners uh, elsewhere in the world. Um, Having a great time with it. Uh, I love that people keep um, people in uh, either like in my circle um, of like people I genuinely know in person or people that I know from the discord that we're all just like on these little missions together. It's very fun. Uh, I'm very much enjoying Pikmin Bloom. The part that I love being able to experience through the discord is people will post kind of their like, uh, weird or interesting yes. location-based uh, Pikmin. Because I didn't realize this was part of the game, but, like, if you get a Pikmin from, like, a, around a dentist office, right? they the, will have, like... Sometimes a, he has toothpaste on <laughs> his head. Yeah. yeah, like, toothpaste hair, like, just like a toothbrush, like, uh-huh. stuck to him. Um, those are great. Those are really funny. I didn't realize that was part of it. I picked up one by a, uh, a burger place, and he's got, like, two French fries sticking out of him. <laughs> so good. He's great. 
Um, all right, uh, Mark, let's uh, get it. That's what we've been playing. We have a, a real transition for this. That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Everyone's kind of uh, holding back. Yeah, this is why I screwed up the transition, is that there's nothing in here that we're going to yeah. be playing next week. Uh, not really. You know, we're basically a little over one week away from Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. And uh, uh, that's what everybody's waiting for. Yeah, I mean, there is, let's see, on the new release list here, there's uh, a tumbleweed uh, drifting by. Yes. <laughs> uh, there is, like, a personification, like, uh the personification of an ellipses. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then there's, uh, of course, uh, an eerie breeze uh, blowing through the tree branches. But that's pretty much it. Mark, I have a theory, though. Yeah. Um, and this theory relates to Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. Um, it has been now roughly two months since we last got a Game Boy Advance game. Um, on uh, March 8th, Is I want to say. Fusion? Was when we got uh, uh, Fusion, yes, uh, Metroid Fusion. Um, yes, it was uh, March 8th, so it has been uh, two months. It is possible that this week will be the week uh, that we get news about a new GBA game. Um, the uh, Obviously, we got uh, Pokemon Stadium on April 12th, so maybe it's more like the second week of the of the month is, is when they're... And uh, by the sounds of it, maybe they're in an alternating between those two, uh, one GBA game, one Nintendo 64 game. But we'll see. So I think it's possible that we get... A GBA game. I don't think it has to be one of the ones that they've already said. No, uh, it seems like uh, after the because Fusion was not on the initial like salvo oh, of okay. like here are the other games that are coming. Yeah, so it seems like it could be anything. Um, the games that they did announce would be coming at some point uh, include Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, F Zero Maximum Velocity, Golden Sun, and Fire Emblem: The Binding Blade. So it could be one of those, or it could be anything else. Um, we did just get uh, Sega Genesis games, of course, just like a, a week or so ago, but those are on like an almost quarterly schedule at this point. Um, so I don't think that that really figures into the rest of this. And not that there's any pattern that we're ever really going to be able to divine from this, but I just worked up a, uh, a big a comprehensive spreadsheet of when games have come out when. I love it. And I want a way to like visualize it on like a, like a chart to be like this many at this point and like you can see the line go up. Um, but I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. So, uh, maybe we'll get a GBA game, uh, this week or next week. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have another data point for your chart. Uh, love data points. Uh, all right, Mark, let's close out the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where in a wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, you've posed a question here in our show notes. Yeah, I'm curious if you uh, have currently, or mm -hmm. have in the past, had any irrational fears and I, I, I have one that mm -hmm. I can, like, share to prime the pump sure. the, from uh, childhood. Sure, to get me to really open up. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So uh, when, we, when I was, like, six years old, yeah. we went to Universal Studios Hollywood for the first time. And back then, um, before it burned down in, like, 2012 or something like that, 
there was a King Kong segment where instead of being like a 3D movie like it is now, you it was like big physical sets that was like New York City and then you were crossing like the Brooklyn Bridge or something and there was an enormous King Kong animatronic. As seen in the movie The Wizard. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I, um, like, even from a young age, really liked theme parks, thought that that was incredible, like, liked, like, those animatronics, like, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, and so I thought it was so cool, but also I had an irrational fear that, you know, uh, that if I was in a swimming pool, like, in the deep end, and I touched the drain uh-huh. at the bottom of the pool... That like that King that Kong would... animatronic oh. would come up out of the out of the pool, and that if you touch the drain, yeah, that's right. And that was like, a... is King Kong in a pool? <laughs> no. the... Okay, no. <laughs> all right, all right, no. Uh, and that was that's a, that's the part that made it irrational, Patrick. <laughs> okay, oh, sure. <laughs> is that it was water specific? I mean, I've, I've heard I've heard people say that like, oh, like in a pool, I would be scared of like Jaws. Sure, like the shark coming to eat me. I yeah. know the shark's name isn't Jaws. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's also irrational. Yes, but at least like you can connect the dots of like, oh, I get that. Sure. What that's a uh, that's very strange. So I don't. Um, my brother was afraid of E.T. when we went on the E.T. E. ride um, in, at uh, – is that in Universal? Also Universal, yeah. yeah. In, in Orlando, though. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was terrified of E.T. Probably hadn't seen the movie at that point, uh, which, like, E.T. separate the context of the movie E.T. Maybe kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I guess I get it. Um, but I'm trying to I, – I feel like um, all of my – fears are either justified or fit under blanket anxiety <laughs> sure yeah no I'm, yeah i mean you've always been a man of reason thank you <laughs> i will uh you know just to to reiterate this story of uh when i was a child i was uh, afraid of uh trying pizza um and i uh when it was offered to me i was like i can't believe they're gonna make me try to do this thing <laughs> and i said that i will like it when i turn five not that i would try it but that i would like it <laughs> So does that count as an irrational fear? I don't know. Um, we were accompanied today by the Berliner Philharmoniker. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. This past weekend, the Super Mario Brothers movie box office has exceeded over $1 billion worldwide. Yep. They hit that Dr. Evil number. <laughs> There's no slowing down. It's the fifth movie to do so since the pandemic. Um, And it's the 11th animated movie to reach $1 billion. And the first animated movie since the pandemic started to reach a billion. Um, We were talking about this a little bit in the Discord. Do you think it's... uh, Why do we we put animated movies in like a different category when talking about like... uh, Like there's a separate category for uh, Academy Awards. Yeah. There's a separate... I mean is possibly just like an arbitrary talking point for discussing like high box office returns that like, this is the uh, uh, 11th animated film to cross a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Like why, why do we do this? It, I, just to have like another data point. I, so I think that's part of it. Cause I mean, you know, we also talk about the highest grossing superhero Marvel movie, movie yeah, or like superhero true. movie or like something like that. But I, but why is there like a separate category for it in like the Oscars? And, and partly why, do we talk about it that way? Because I do think that culturally, especially in America, we consider animated movies to be 
you know, like uh, children's movies. Yeah, and sure. And so they're not worthy of being considered, you know, next to a live action movie. Um, let's bring this controversy from the Discord onto the uh, on, onto the microphone. Uh, Lion King, the, oh, the Lion King remake. This is nonsense. This is nonsense because it is counted among the, and it's the highest grossing animated film of all time, uh, even though it is billed as the Lion King live action remake. Obviously, it is totally computer generated. It is a cartoon uh what is it an animated movie like what rules is it playing by yeah whatever whatever marketing yeah, things will right. help us succeed the most mm-hmm. uh also the super mario brothers movie after 26 days in theater it's now universal's seventh highest grossing movie ever and uh the health of mario's performance boosted the average box office for april to above the pre-pandemic monthly average for the first time in the pandemic wow uh, so um yeah that the uh movies are back i guess is what we're saying <laughs> movies are back above the pre-pandemic average yeah um, wild yeah it's i mean uh yeah the, the movie's making a lot of money uh it's um i guess is, is there other stuff out right now that people are going to see the the mario kind of made everything else back down right yeah i don't really know that there is we got a marvel movie coming out this week oh my gosh is that this friday <laughs> friday yeah guardians 3 comes out this friday wow um we should talk about that in new releases <laughs> yes i mean that would that would actually be something that we know is coming out <laughs> yeah uh the uk regulatory agency the competition and markets authority or the cma announced last friday that they were blocking microsoft's ac- proposed acquisition of activision blizzard citing not only exclusivity on platforms as a problem but also potential exclusivity on streaming platforms as being anti-competitive because Microsoft is already such a dominant, this is their argument, that Microsoft is already such a dominant force in cloud gaming with Game Pass that um, if they acquired Activision Blizzard, they wouldn't even have to make the games exclusive in order to hinder competition in cloud gaming they could just make like the terms really onerous and that kind of stuff right and i think that's a a, like especially relevant because um like the xbox like streaming tech right the the ability to play games on their like cloud gaming service um is the the technology of it is uh like the kind of the weakest of uh like if you compare it to what stadia was doing or like amazon luna that like that that tech is better but if they then get in a position where um, their tech is worse, but they also are the only ones that have Diablo 4, um, that like it makes sort of the less good tech the winner. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that that was part of it. I, I mean, I, I, I believe that. I, I guess I don't know why else it would be the uh, part, part of it. Um, just, but like, I guess that also kind of like uh, swings against the idea that like, uh, Nintendo always has like the weakest tech on the market, but uh, games that they are like fiercely protective of being exclusive to the Nintendo platforms. So I don't know. Yeah, well, here's where uh, the rubber meets the road for our show, which talks about Nintendo. Um, a quote from the CMA regarding Microsoft's supposed so ten-year uh, commitment to making Call of Duty available on Nintendo hardware. So leading up to the CMA's decision, Microsoft kind of went on this. Um, tour uh to strike deals with a bunch of different companies including nvidia and sony or not sony famously not sony <laughs> well uh, they tried though Steam. right they, like yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah they tried to make like some sort of agreements with sony and sony was like nah we yeah, see what yeah. you're doing uh-huh steam nintendo others being like hey the cma is worried about call of duty 
Because th- that was a point of contention that eventually the CMA walked back. But for a long time, they were really focused on um, Call of Duty, the potential for that to become exclusive. And uh, so to try to um, pr- like kind of like prevent those fears that Microsoft signed these contracts with all these companies saying, hey, if this deal goes through, we promise that we'll bring Call of Duty to your platforms. and uh, For the next 10 years. For the next 10 years. Right. And Nintendo was one of those companies that they signed it with. And so here's the quote regarding this from from that 10-year commitment with Nintendo from the CMA's report. Uh, Call of Duty is currently available on two gaming consoles, Xbox and PlayStation. We found that these consoles uh, compete closely with each other in terms of content, target audience, and console technology. We found that Nintendo's consoles compete less closely with either of Xbox or PlayStation, generally offering consoles with different technical specifications and with its most popular titles tending to be more family and child-friendly. Nintendo does not currently offer Call of Duty, and we have seen no evidence to suggest that its consoles would be technically capable of running a version of Call of Duty that's similar to those in Xbox and PlayStation in terms of quality of gameplay and content. Which, tough to hear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tough to hear. Switch can't run uh, Call of Duty. Um, But I guess that is like a little short-sighted in that, like, how much longer are we going to be rocking this Switch? Right. Well, also, um, Microsoft also tried to get out ahead of these um, uh, concerns because we had a, you know, we mentioned it in an episode, gosh, six weeks ago. I don't even know at this point. But basically, um, someone from Microsoft going on the record being like, how would we do it? Well, you know, we have uh, experience scaling with PCs and everything. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, like, uh, scale the resolution or frame rate and all that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know. This is definitely not the last word yet. Uh, Microsoft and Activision can appeal this decision, and so well, and, and we'll see what happens. And also, the the CMA is a uh, a UK governing organization, so they don't actually have the power to like just straight up block the the purchase. They have the power to make the way that functions in the UK weird that like there may have to be like some spinning off of businesses like just to do business in that specific market the way i understand it is that it basically just becomes like a de facto worldwide oh interesting block basically because the logistics of doing what you're describing are would be tricky yeah Yeah. exactly but i mean they're what what do you spend like 69 yeah it's it's like Like, 70 billion dollars yeah yeah so like Maybe if it's worth it to you to spend that much money, it's worth it to you also to like untangle whatever headache that right. comes with. I think under the current terms of the deal, like it's it has to close by the end of June, or Microsoft owes Activision Blizzard like three billion dollars or something. But they can always renegotiate the terms of those deals. Yeah, at totally. Time so, and you know, in the U.S., the FTC is suing to block you know the merger as well. I don't think on the same grounds as the CMA blocked it in the U.K. And that trial is not supposed to start until August. So who right. knows? Right. Well, and like you've, uh, with uh, the CMA uh, doing what it's doing, maybe that also gives like other regulatory agencies the like kind of gumption to do the same. Yeah, we'll see. The EU is supposed to um, hand down their decision, I think, in the next like four weeks or so, the next month or so. Um, so yeah, d- definitely not the end of this, but we'll kind of be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I, I feel like this goes without saying, but, like, I don't really have a... I mean, I am I, against, like, consolidation uh, in kind of any industry. Um, but, like, this one doesn't... 
I don't have that many feelings about this, especially from like a, a video game content perspective. Um, I don't really play Activision Blizzard games uh, outside of like the uh, occasional Diablo um, or like Lost Vikings. Of course, I'm a big Lost Vikings fan. Um, but like, and then I also don't really play Xbox. So like, it feels weird to be kind of on the outside of this uh, and mostly just being like, oh, I wish that these huge uh players in the video game space weren't uh collapsing into one even bigger uh player but yeah i know what you mean like it, it is crazy that it's like by far the biggest acquisition in video game history uh, and just like in technology yeah like, it's, and it's huge and uh for it to be so peripheral to my own you know kind of like yeah. gaming habits i do think one thing that yes like activision blizzard king if it gets acquired by microsoft um, or more importantly, like doesn't get acquired by Microsoft, I think that would slam the brakes on a lot of consolidation because we know that EA was kind of like oh, bumming yeah. up themselves to, you know, look, they were shopping themselves around for a while. We know Ubisoft was, yeah, or is like shopping themselves around. And so and there's like persistent uh, Square Enix, right? Like, right, they, they yeah, sold persistent off. rumors yeah. that they're trying to make themselves look more uh, appealing to be acquired. So, and so if this deal is blocked, I think. It in that like whether this deal would be good or bad for consumers one way or the other, I do think that uh, it would be a good thing for the amount of consolidation that's happening in the video game industry. To, if to if stop. it were blocked, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, it, maybe at that point they just like realize the upper bound of it, right? Because they obviously uh, uh, Microsoft and um, Sony do make acquisitions, um, and maybe they're just like okay. Seventy billion dollars, too much. <laughs> like right? No, no, it's too true. too big of a too no, big of a buy. Absolutely, because Square Enix would be way small, way smaller than that. Yeah. Um, so, um, I feel like Sony could buy them tomorrow, and like it would be like, oh wow, that's uh, surprising, but you know, fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, Mark and I don't know anything really about international business. Uh, no, but I know that's shocking. Let's do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the first time in four years, Nintendo announced that it will have a presence at Gamescom 2023 um, being held in Europe later this year. In Germany, even. Cologne, Germany, uh, just as it is every year. Um, it is uh, This year it is August 23rd through August 27th. Um, and this is the largest video game uh, convention of its kind in, in the world. Uh, and... I think it's interesting to think about this thing in the context of uh, there is no E3. Um, even when there was going to be an E3, Nintendo was like, we're not doing that. Um, so, like, does just like where Gamescom is situated on the calendar um, and knowing what we know about Nintendo's releases for the year, we got Tears of the Kingdom in a week and a half, um, and we would awesome like just i just got excited when i said that i was like yes um yeah, that's so crazy it's so crazy and then pikmin 4 in july right um that uh by the end of august we're uh we're past that event horizon we don't know what's up for nintendo for the rest of the year or like if they're going to start hinting at what's coming next year is that new hardware you know what whatever like what are those other questions? We don't even have them yet. Um, and, you know, Nintendo's never done a, like, big direct to coincide with um, Gamescom. And, you know, not really revealing. Um, they just have not traditionally had big reveals at this thing. But, but they're going to this. They weren't going to go to E3. There is no E3. Is this where we see that kind of event? 
Yeah, I mean, that would be super cool. Pres- assuming that we don't get a similar sort of, like, reveal in that June time frame that we normally sure. get at yeah. during E3. I was also thinking about it in terms of, like, because uh, the, this Nintendo Live event that mm-hmm. Nintendo's held in Japan previous years right. and is bringing to North America for the first time this September. Right. Then you that know, we don't really know, like, the lineup of or really no, even no, the shape not at of all. it. Yeah. But, they, but they haven't announced yet a similar thing a similar event for europe um Mm, and so maybe that's this yeah so that was my thought but then i was like well i mean it didn't they still go to pax east and stuff like you know what i mean they still go to pax so it's not like they're for they're leaving all other conventions behind just to do their own thing in north america but i don't know it'll just be interesting to see how much nintendo begins to like Again, we like you said, we don't know what Nintendo Live is in the U.S. this year. Yeah. But kind of like see how they evolve that because, you know, if E3 doesn't exist, then having like a, a Nintendo officially sanctioned where they control. Yeah. We everything. know how much Nintendo loves, you know, controlling like every part of what they do that, um, yeah, it'll uh, be interesting to see how that grows and if it's successful in the U.S. if we do eventually see something like that yeah. in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also just like, I think we'll be talking about how weird this year is for Nintendo for a while. Um, And I know we've mentioned it before that, like, you know, so many of their big things, their big events this year have not been game related. Um, Obviously, this Mario movie and the uh, Super Nintendo World theme park opening uh, in uh, Universal Hollywood um, is like... Those are enormous uh, beats of like marketing and uh, accomplish and like uh, that are successful, right? Like both the theme park and the movie are um, successful data points for them. Um, and then you know we got Tears of the Kingdom in in two weeks. That's the first like huge game that they're putting out this year. If you don't count Fire Emblem, which I think is probably fair, um, and Kirby. Um, but uh, yeah, that like. That's the first real like game thing that they're that they're have, having to push, um, and it just makes me wonder like, are we in a slowing down period? Like, are are we in like the last like big bangs until they uh, kind of go dormant and then announce new hardware or like the next phase of whatever? Do we still have other big hits uh, coming down this year and early next? Yeah, it will be it will be really interesting being able to look back on twenty twenty three. And I look forward to being able to do so in 2033 on this podcast when we do a 10-year <laughs> retrospective. But it'll be really interesting to see, like, like you're saying, like, is this the be like a weird year in Nintendo's history, or is it the first of like yeah. many years that we are going to see like this? Because Nintendo, for a few years now, has been talking about how they want to expand the reach of their IP, and so that's why yeah. they're, you know, like of their characters, and so. You're not just experiencing them in games. You are going to the movie. You're going to the theme park. And that is driving you back to buying Nintendo hardware and playing the games. And like you said, to an extremely enormous successful yeah. data points for them. And I, I, it feels like it's like uh, the beginning of a... Um, yeah, it's maybe you know, a, a sea, sea change. change. Yeah, because yeah, totally. like, Tears of the Kingdom is hugely anticipated as a sequel to Breath of the Wild. The Super Mario Brothers movie has grossed a billion dollars and has only been out, you know, like not that long. 26 days. 26 days. And so um, what is the sequel to like the super, like the anticipation or, you know, the excitement right. for that movie going right. to be like, um, I, it, it feels like 
it will just be really interesting to see if, if how much this was the beginning of something that kind of changed uh, Nintendo's direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a movie makes a billion dollars, and then it's like, oh yeah, we're in the business of making uh, live action uh, remakes of Disney movies, or we're in the superhero business, or we're in uh, the yeah, James Cameron make five more Avatar movies, right? Like, um, that's. It is like uh, it's business strategy altering amounts of success. Yeah, to be the, your first movie out of the gate, yeah, is pretty crazy. First movie asterisk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the first Super Mario Brothers movie. Fresh on the heels of Star Wars Republic Commando uh, game trial for the Nintendo Switch Online subscribers in North America. Those same subscribers now have access to Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer. From now until May 7th, as always with these uh, game trials, you have access to the full game through the 7th, and then any progress that you make during the trial will carry over to the full game if you buy it. Uh, I messed around with this demo back when it... Uh, I remember, I me mean, too. not even back when it came out, but like... When the demo was released. Yeah, I guess that's right. That, that was, like a separate time when the demo was released. And I have a hard time sort of marrying the concepts of like the rhythm gameplay with like Zelda action exploration kind of stuff. And I know you can turn off the rhythm component, but then I'm kind of like, why play it, you yeah. know? Um, so I don't know. We got a week. Might be fun to check it out. Yeah, I, I mean, my experience with the demo was very similar to yours. It's, I love the idea yes. of these games, but the gameplay didn't like click for me for whatever reason. That's why this this new one with the um, lane-based combat that totally. we know will eventually uh, portend a Donkey Konga revival <laughs> is, uh, is like exciting because that feels more like I can wrap my head around it. Yeah. And finally, everybody, this is your warning. Keep your guard up. The Legend of Keep Zelda. Keep your shield up high. That's right. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has leaked. Retail copies are out there, and spoilers of one variety or another are out in the wild. So be cautious as you explore the internet over the next 10 days. It's just 10 days. It's just 10 days, and then the game is out. But also, like, we, when the game does come out, uh, then obviously people will be playing it everywhere and posting about it everywhere, and you'll still be in this position yeah, where you don't know, know everything about the game. It's so tricky. Um, How long was? What do you think the uh, um, the sort of like statute of limitations is on like spoilers for like the story of Tears of the Kingdom or like the unique gameplay? I really, I really don't know. I feel like. Um, to, I mean, to be fair, for, for us and for the, our purposes on the show, we will announce uh, as, uh, spoilers before we make them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I I don't know. I, it's so weird. I don't remember having this problem with Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we had Twitter in 2017. Right, like, yeah. Um, we had this show. You know, like, there were a lot yeah, of... Yeah, totally. Um, but I, I do think that, like... Video game sharing and like Twitch streaming, maybe Twitch streaming was in the in 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 this place, but to like the uh, ease with which people were sharing clips everywhere wasn't quite the same. Like I, I still feel like um, it wasn't really until 2020 when people were like sharing Animal Crossing clips all the time. Well, you have TikTok. Well, you have TikTok too. Yeah, great yeah. point. So yeah, I I don't know. I think we're we'll just uh, collectively as a group and on the Discord just kind of have to like feel it out. Yeah. And we you know we have two separate channels, one for Tears of the Kingdom spoilers and non spoilers. But as far as like, yeah, I, I I don't know what the etiquette is. But I 
I have faith that we will arrive at a good place. And that we will respect each other as we go through this. <laughs> Do you have, uh, I mean, are you taking any like ex- uh, extra measures uh, about like protecting yourself against spoilers uh, or do you care? Are you I, seeking them out? No, like, I actually I am not seeking them out. And uh, I, again, my love of Breath of the Wild comes from not like the unexpected in that sense yeah. of discovery. And I feel like for my experience of Tears of the Kingdom, that will be re- a really important part of it. So I am trying to avoid, you know, like uh, like I read all the like a lot of the previews that came out yeah. last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which, we like we didn't talk about any of the data, the you know data points or like uh, oh, yeah. news. I guess you would say <laughs> that came out of those previews because none of them were like spoilery. They couldn't talk about a whole bunch, right? But uh, at this point, for me, the part of the reason like I didn't really want to go into it is because we are so close, and that stuff is out there if you want yeah. it, and if you don't, want I kind of want to just ex- experience it uh, as as I yeah. Explore. That's how I'm feeling. Um. Yeah, that's uh, I I'm I've not put in any uh like precautions in place. I've not like blocked anything on on Twitter, um, which like there there was a little while where I was like going through uh and like uh blocking uh stuff for like uh when a new Marvel show was coming out that like I'd block like uh WandaVision and um you know wh- whatever like block as many terms as I could think of um for like two days so I could you know wait and watch it on you know whenever yeah I yeah could over totally the weekend. um. But I've sort of fallen off that because, like, uh, honestly, if I see something that looks like a spoiler on Twitter, then that is motivation for me to get off tw- to stop <laughs> scrolling on, on Twitter, right? That's, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, I, I, I feel like I am in like a social media bubble now. Like, I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, I am on Instagram, but it's mostly now to look at pictures of really gross, hairless cats. <laughs> And so it's like, I feel like I'd have to go out of my way to get spoiled. They're not just going to show up in my timeline because I don't really have one. Right, You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, all right. And that is not a challenge, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you can always email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. <laughs> all right, Mark, let's close out the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Get in that Discord. People will not be spoiling things in there. It's going to be a super fun time. Uh, email us. Get in. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Thank you.